Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to episode number 32 of Pleb Chain Radio. Today is Friday, October the 13th, Friday the 13th. It is 6 p.m. in Amsterdam. 12 p.m. on the U.S. East Coast, and we have a great show in store for you today. Oscar Murray from Fountain joins us to talk about value for value and all the amazing things that are happening in the world of Fountain and Podcasting 2.0. Before that, we have Lau, who I'm with in Amsterdam. Uh, we've been attending Bitcoin Amsterdam together, and he joins us uh, for the lightning round with the Nostra Report. And even before that, we have a, f- a special Friday the 13th spooky sermon for you, QW. Are you a, are you, do you consider yourself a superstitious guy, Avi? No. And so when they not. say Friday the 13th, you're not hiding in your house or, uh, you know, uh, being extra uh, cautious walking around, none of that? It means nothing to me. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I mean, I was born on the 13th, so it's I'm you know like I've said this before, roulette, black 13. Uh, it almost what? I I almost like to be contra to the, uh, the to to what people fear, you know. QW, before we actually launch into the sermon, I just realized I've been remiss. Today is a very special day. Apart from being Friday the 13th, it is your birthday. So very happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Thanks for doxing me, Avi. (laughs) All right. Yeah, in October, too. So extra, uh, extra special. Uh, but yeah, so superstition, um, that, that's one thing. But, but what that is to me is there's people that are highly sensitive to, uh, to, to narratives or things that uh, other people may be sensitive about. Uh, and when you think about the evolution of fear uh, in, in the FUD world or uh, if you're new to Bitcoin, you're learning Bitcoin. Um, you know, Avi, I know you came from, uh, I, I think a lot of us have the same stories. We, we, we really came from shitcoining, right? I certainly did. And, and, you know, in that, in that realm, I mean, it, you, you get into the rockets and the, uh, the, the moon landings and uh, the charts, and all of a sudden you're a technical analysis person. Uh, and every time you, your line's drawn and you're like, yeah, we're doing it, baby, uh, the bottom drops out. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So, so, you know, it's just this emotional roller coaster. Um, and then I think it, as Bitcoin, as like true plebs over time, uh, you just kind of get desensitized to all that. But really, I think it's more about when you learn about Bitcoin, when you study Bitcoin, when you understand Bitcoin. Um, it kind of just puts all that at ease and you realize it's not about rockets. It's not about moon landings uh, and charts don't matter. Um, really, it just you just stop reacting to the FUD. You certainly get uh, desensitized to it, especially if you've come from that uh, shitcoining world. So with that said, I mean, if you think about Friday the 13th and let's say Jason, he's got his machete and his mask. Um, he's not a very sensitive person, is he? 
<laughs> it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> so in a way, are Bitcoiners a little bit like Jason, especially on Friday the 13th when it comes to uh, charts and price and all that? Well, we do stack like psychopaths. Um, so there's that. This is the way. Uh, but it's interesting when you actually zoom out and you look at the evolution of plebs in general, just just looking at everyone. We all have our own path, uh, but really the education, the knowledge uh, kind of just just hardens us. And, you know, you, you stay humble and stack sats. Uh, it's 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 interesting. And when you when you when people try to equate crypto to Bitcoin, this is what we're talking about. I mean, it, it's really you, you gotta kind of you you, you kind of gotta understand it um, to realize what a psychopath is uh, in the Bitcoin world. So I, I appreciate that road, though I really do. I think it's important. It's an important road to go on. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that that that's really uh, that's it for that. It's an ethical psycho psychopathy or psychopathy, <laughs> if that's even a word. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I did want to do one shout out. Uh, there was one fountain boostergram that I, I thought was, you know, it really, it really just filled my heart a bit. And I'm just going to read it from Fernfield. I don't know if you saw it, Avi. Um, he basically said, "I'm new to the show, been around, been around for a while, listening to Bitcoin podcasts, but this is one of two that I found that learn about Noster. Not to mention a legendary guest, Jeff Booth, picking up the pieces of my blown mind now. Thank you. Um, I think that really hit home to me." That we're, we're, you know, clearly, you know, we have some Bitcoin orientation, especially in Noster. It's a lightning uh, enabled lightning, uh, uh, the protocol. Um, but I just think it's really cool. And I think it's really what we're trying to do is really drive home the Noster narrative and, and get more people here. Um, it, it, the more people that can listen. And maybe you came for Bitcoin, but you learned about Noster. Maybe you came for Oscar Mary, but you learned about Noster. Uh, in this case, you came for Jeff Booth and you learned about Noster. That's what I want. I think that's what we want. And uh, th- that I just couldn't be more happy with that Boostergram. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why we started the show, right? Uh, apart from wanting to take our Noster shitposting to audio format, we also thought, you know, there is an opportunity here to reach more people with this message of Noster. Uh, I, I, I started this because you slid into my DMs. <laughs> Touche. And I thank you for it. <laughs> so uh as we as we travel into the lightning round, um you you and Lau are both in Amsterdam right now. Uh, and by the way, you just came off of Pacific Bitcoin. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm imagining you're you are you are you are on E right now, your your engine's puttering a bit. It is. It most certainly is. Uh, I am a shell of a human being right now, and I, as amazing as these conferences have been, and and especially just meeting and talking to plebs, right? That's that is the best part of any Bitcoin conference. I just don't think I have it in me to <laughs> to do another conference for a long time. I, I disagree. I'll see you at the next one. Yeah. Famous last words. Uh, Lau, how you doing? Good, great. You guys are both in Amsterdam, but uh, yes. at separate locations. Avi wouldn't let you in his hotel room. No, we we were desperately afraid of echo on the sound sound uh, on the recording. But it was it was fantastic to finally meet the the notorious Afibura 
And uh, I can tell you in real life, he's much more handsome and he's much more charming than just this audio audio thing. So if you have the chance to go to a meetup to meet him, uh, I recommend it. So you tell me he doesn't have a face for radio? <laughs> so tell us about the lightning round. What, uh, what updates do we have this week from the world of the realm of Noster? I've got a ton of stuff. Cut me off when uh, when I'm out of time because uh, it's 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 uh, it's a lot. But usually I go I go quick through this. So in headline news, SBF fraud trial continued with damning testimony from co-founder uh, Gary Wang and Caroline Ellison. Uh, I guess he's screwed, huh? X and uh, other socials have been full of gore and war porn this week, showcasing the perverse incentives that reward engagement on platforms like X. Um, Here's a quote. I don't know whose quote this was, but value for value nature of Zaps slash Noster creates natural checks on this. There is no platform to reward you for engagement. There's only other people to tip you if your account actually provides them with value. And now it says here, that's a Quindalorian quote. <laughs> Devs and Noster enthusiasts continue to build censorship resistant freedom tools. This is also something that uh, um, here at BTC Amsterdam, uh, Edward Snowden talked about the importance of Noster. Um, his keynote is available on YouTube. This, along with talks with uh, Will Catherine, Marty, Marty Melmi, Ben Ark, and McShane, McShane on the main stage, and others at BTC Amsterdam, really made Noster steal the show in 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 Amsterdam. Even more. Uh, Stella Assange making use of Noster and also uh, appearing in BTC Amsterdam is heartening because that shows us the word is out and censorship resistance is here on Noster as a protocol and it's drawing in the most adamant freedom fighters of our Western world. Uh, if you're heading to Nosterville next month, don't miss the Noster party. The party will be November 9th after the conference, and you can find more information on the Geyser uh, website about this event. Um, I'll and, be there. Uh, I think Avi <laughs> will too. Uh, yeah. If I can drag myself, uh, the shell of a person that I've become after these conferences, <laughs> then yes, I'll be there. Avi, do we have something going on the following day? I, I'm, I'm planning to sleep. Because third, well, the, the 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 event is for Thursday, and there's still a Friday. Oh dear God, I can't even think <laughs> of what, that far ahead right now. Uh, more on that, but I think that we might have a big announcement coming in the future. Uh. <laughs> to finish off uh, headline news here in BTC Amsterdam, I'm hearing a lot of focus on marketplace functionality of Noster from all different perspectives. Clearly, many people are wondering how to start selling on Noster, how to integrate the product, and what it will look like. Some name the actual NIP, NIP15 specifically, but most are just asking about it, wondering out loud. Questions are how censorship-free will the Noster marketplace be? Will illegal wares be able to be sold? What would a kiosk look like? Is Lightning integration safe for business transactions? So... Definitely, Noster is a uh, a big thing here in uh, BTC Amsterdam. Um, moving on to 
tech. Ben Ark announced his uh, uh, a new NIP, NIP 107. It's the Noster Internet of Things NIP. Noster gives the simple permissionless development of uh, environment uh, the Internet of Things really needs. Um, BitVM released this week. Compute anything on Bitcoin. Turing complete Bitcoin contracts requiring no changes to the network consensus rules. The Boost Lightning Prism, Prism released an update allowing you to create prisms on any post ever created. On any user's post, create prisms up to 25 people and more. UTXO announced that his Nodeless product will, uh, will now be fully open source. And Brugeman announced that Spring Browser, which is a Noster browser, added support for NSEC Bunker, allowing you to use NSEC Bunker with any app within the browser, even if it's not supported by the app itself. Pablo released Shipyard, a new Noster client focused on enhancing your writing experience and managing your content schedule. It supports better handling of threaded conversations, scheduling posts and reposts, among other features. Go to shipyard.pub to check it out. Damas search has gotten better. If you're using Damas, check out how easy it is now to find people by just tap, typing their name in search. On to business. Sam Wouders from River presented at BTC Amsterdam uh, a keynote and released a, an extensive report documenting the incredible growth of the Lightning Network over the past two years. It is up 1,212% in two years' time. Um, Fidelity, Fidelity Digital Assets released a report entitled The Bitcoin First Revisited, where Bitcoin should be the considered first and separate from all digital assets that have followed it. And um, now available, new black and yellow Pleptain shirts. You can find those. Will you guys link this in the show notes? Yeah, I will. Uh, Sam with Lightning Store. Dude's a legend. Love the guy. Uh, I can ride my bike to my bike, my bike to his house. So uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that until I got into Noster and started uh, really, really meeting the plebs, um, the, the, how many local legends there are uh, in my in my vicinity. Hmm. And congratulations to Dr. Kelly on defending his PhD. We now have a doctor on the Lightning Network. We probably have many doctors, but this one is new. And uh, this week's quote is uh, the infamous queued up. Um, uh, he said, quote, more plebs, more zaps, more hugs, community flows to culture, flows to adoption. And that ties up the lightning round for this week. So the lightning round had uh, a quote from Korn and QW. Is there a little collusion going on? Yeah, we, we try to avoid that, but um, this was definitely collusion. Um, and uh, we should be punished. <laughs> Thank you very much, Law. I'll just blame it on uh, the the alcohol at uh, Amsterdam there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lau. And folks, it is our pleasure to welcome Oscar Mary from Fountain. Oscar, welcome to Blockchain Radio. Hey, 
guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm a big fan of the show. So, yeah, really happy to be here. You have listened to the show, huh? Or was that just in preparation this week? No, I've been listening for maybe the past uh, month, I would say. I've listened to maybe like four episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. I mean, really, we just started as a small project on Nest and uh, and platforms like yours uh, really enable us to uh, get our word out. And uh, we really appreciate that. Um, there is one burning question, though, Oscar. And uh, are, when is Oscar Mary's podcast? I, there's There's been rumors that it, it might involve ice fishing. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I don't have time for my own podcast, unfortunately. But um, maybe one day. <laughs> That's good. Just playing with you, of course. But uh, yeah. Um, so, what? What's kind of your Bitcoin backstory? Uh, clearly, you 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 do have a passion for lightning. Yeah. So um, I guess it goes back uh, quite far. Got introduced to Bitcoin relatively early and didn't really pay too much attention to it other than um, a friend of mine who kind of recommended it and who I trusted uh, and so after that first initial interaction forgot about it for many years and then it was maybe in uh, 2016 2017 that you know had seen the price appreciation and was like oh my god you know I, I have some of this um, that, that's a bit crazy and then started looking into it more, um, I think, and started to understand it more deeply. The Bitcoin standard had a big impact on me in terms of really understanding um, the root problems that it was solving. Um, and so got more involved at that point, but never thought that I would work with the technology or anything like that. Um, and then um, I've worked in tech for most of my life i've been a developer for for many many years now and i guess the bitcoin journey kind of leads into the origin of fountain really because um it really i mean fountain is for me personally um this quite unique combination of two things that i'm very passionate about both bitcoin and spoken word audio um so the way fountain uh came about was I was uh, kind of between things. I had a bit of time off and I wanted to just experiment with mobile development. I'd always been very curious about um, how uh, spoken word audio and specifically podcasts um, could be more discoverable because I, I think there's so much incredible insight, knowledge and wisdom that's kind of locked away in podcasts if you think about the back catalog of your favorite show. Um, you know, if you recommend that show to a friend of yours, um, it's very unlikely that they're ever going to go back through the back catalog. Maybe they'll go back to, you know, one episode or, or one or two, but there's so much more depth in the back catalog. And so just as a side project, I built the first version of the Fountain app, which was um, all around creating clips from podcasts, which is still a big part of the app uh, when, today. When and was then, that? So that was in um, the beginning of 2021, um, maybe like 
yeah, March, April, 2021. Um, and so I, I had this very basic podcast app that I was just, you know, we were just kind of messing around with. Um, and then at that time, uh, without any intention to, you know, move forward with Fountain as a business necessarily, um, we came across what Adam Curry and Dave Jones were doing with Podcasting 2.0 and the Podcast Index. And of course, the value block spec, which straight away when I saw that, I was, you know, very much already primed with my conviction in Bitcoin. Um, and, and when I saw that, oh, you can now stream money over the internet minute by minute using the Lightning Network, it was pretty, uh, I pretty quickly realized that this is going to be a game changer for uh, content monetization. And so straight away, just jumped at it, integrated it into the app and made the decision to work on Fountain full time and, and launch the app centered around the value for value features and, and the streaming sats and, and lightning. So it was, it was lucky in many ways that when I first came across what Adam and Dave were doing and first saw that you could, you know, stick a pub key in an RSS feed and enable open payments um, that we kind of had this app available uh, and we were playing around with it and it, and it was there. So it was a very, I feel very lucky that those things came together at the same time. So Oscar, you know, podcasting 2.0 is a term that's used and is being increasingly used in the last couple of years, right? Adam Curry, I think I first heard him use it. Uh, that, that was the first time I heard that uh, term. But for folks who in in the live audience now and who are going to be listening to this recording who are, who've heard the term but are not quite sure what the exact definition is, uh, could you uh, sort of help set the stage? What is podcasting 2.0 exactly? Yeah, that's a really great question. I'm happy to kind of try and explain it as best I can. So podcasting 2.0 is a movement essentially. It's spearheaded by Adam Curry, who of course was the co-inventor of podcasting back in the day, and, and Dave Jones. So they are essentially leading this movement. And the purpose of the movement is to preserve, protect, and enhance open podcasting. Because what we've seen, I mean, podcasting has been around for, you know, 20 years. Um, but what we started to see over the past, call it three, four years, is some of the big tech companies start to move into podcasting and, and start to centralize it and create walled gardens of their own kind of what they call podcasts. The biggest example of this is Spotify, of course, um, but you also had um, Apple making movements, YouTube making movements. And so you know, really, it was Adam Curry that set up the movement to, number one, uh, preserve the open nature of podcasting. So, you know, the great thing about having a podcast is you can do it all yourself. You can self-host your RSS feed. You can um, copy that RSS feed as just a, you know, web link into any podcast player. And there's no one that can stop you doing that, either on the hosting side or on the actual client uh, player side. So they set up, Adam and Dave set up podcasting 2.0 to protect the open nature 
of podcasting. But then alongside that um, mission to protect podcasting's openness, they also wanted to enhance podcasting and introduce new features to the actual RSS spec and kind of push podcasting forward in terms of, you know, trying to get a bit more feature parity with some of the centralized media platforms like YouTube or, uh, you know, Spotify or, or things like that. Um, so alongside, um, so the podcasting 2.0 movement does two things. Number one, it runs the podcast index, which is an open um, index of all of the podcasts that exist. They've got, you know, over 4 million podcasts in the index and apps like Fountain use that index to, you know, help power our, our, our search and things like that. And then the second thing podcasting 2.0 do is uh, propose and introduce new tags to the RSS spec. So tags like chapters or location or person or transcript um, that are all spec'd out in an open way. So any hosting provider or any app can use them uh, instead of creating pro proprietary transcript formats, which is what Spotify are doing. Um, and one of the tags that uh, Podcasting 2.0 introduced was the value tag, which is basically how you as a podcaster specify where you want your lightning payments to go. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess, an overview of, of the movement and why it exists and what it actually does. So as someone uh, like me, who's unfamiliar with the back end of how podcasting and RSS works, right? What it sounds to me, uh, what, what you just described was like, uh, was a common data standard for, right, for transmitting uh, this audio. Uh, what, if that is the case, right, that you've created this data standard with these tags that are accepted by the different players, what is stopping some, someone like a Spotify to say, well, we don't accept that data standard? Yeah, so the thing that's really stopping them from doing that, and, you know, they would love to do that, you know, they, uh, one of their, you know, senior executives just about a year ago wrote a blog article um, detailing how, you know, open RSS is failing. And so they would jump at the opportunity to turn off all of the RSS features. But the reason that they can't is because podcasting is unique in that it is very fragmented and open. So none of the players, even Spotify, even Apple, have more than about a 30% market share. So if um, you are a hosting provider like Spotify with their uh, Spotify for Podcasters hosting tool, if you are hosting a podcast and suddenly your podcast doesn't work on the other 70% of uh, podcast apps, then you're not really gonna be doing a very good job as a hosting provider. So yeah, podcasting has this unique kind of balance whereby because no one tech company controls it everybody has to kind of adhere to the original rss spec which was set up like 20 years ago there, i'm seeing some uh, mild similarities to bitcoin right i mean you can you, you can say run your node to accept uh different consensus rules right you can fork bitcoin but no one else is going to accept that um so it sounds a bit like that to me yeah exactly and and that's kind of what we're doing in a sense with the new podcasting 2.0 tags is we're adding additional things into the feed that you know spotify aren't accepting or reading or indexing 
uh, Apple aren't reading or indexing these new tags. Um, but Fountain and some of the other you know, players in podcasting 2.0 are able to, to pick them up and build on top of them. So yeah, the, the base set of tags that are there that you, you know, have to, uh, into, you have to integrate with to be a credible player in, in the podcast industry. They're all there. They're never going to change. They're kind of set in stone just because they've been adopted over so many years. Um, but the, the spec is extensible so we can add new features and experiment. And would you consider Fountain to be part of Freedom Tech then? I guess you know, I, I think that podcasting, as compared to other media formats on the internet, is a lot more open. So, for example, podcasting is a lot more open than YouTube. Podcasting is a lot more open than Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of these other platforms. So in that sense, I would say... Yes, but I, I think primarily, you know, Fountain's purpose is to to help uh, you as a listener discover great audio content that's worth listening to, and also then give value back to the to the content creators that are actually producing that content. Yeah, in in comparison to like the I call it legacy, whether it's a Spotify or the Apple Podcast or Podcasting 1.0. Uh, you know, you guys are really disrupt disrupting uh, with the fact that you you integrate lightning in there. So if I'm listening, you know, one day I'm getting one sat uh, a minute, maybe the next day I'm getting eight sats a minute. Um, talk a little bit about what that does to the kind of the 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 process, because you, you're really uh, essentially paying uh, listeners. Um, so talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so there's two sides to the streaming money on Fountain. I guess the money flows in both directions. So first off, if you're if you as a listener want to support your favorite show, you can set right from the player how many sats you want to stream per minute to uh, each episode. Um, so for example, I normally stream 100 sats per minute, um, which isn't too much, but it does add up. And compared to a traditional CPM that you might get as a podcaster uh, running ads, it's incredibly um, more significant. It, it's so much higher. So yeah, as a listener on Fountain, you can stream sats to your favorite shows. And actually, we, said, we see uh, almost 50% of the volume on Fountain is actually streaming sats as opposed to boosts, which I think is something that is often overlooked because the streaming sats is not surfaced anywhere it doesn't really appear in the app it's not hooked into any of the discovery features but i think it's really interesting that people are actually more than willing to stream money per minute uh, for their favorite shows um so that's from the listener to the um creator and then as you mentioned on fountain you can also earn sats just for listening um the reason that we did this is well there's a few the first is that just at a fundamental level, we believe that the value of the app and the value of the experience of using Fountain as opposed to Spotify or Apple is the other people using the app. And so we think that we should reward the most valuable users on the app because it's ultimately those users that are, you know, helping the community grow and, you know, helping podcasters get paid 
and you know introducing more people to value for value and podcasting 2.0 so we have a daily rewards feature where you know it's it's kind of randomized and so some days you might not earn some days you might earn one sat per minute as you're listening some days you might earn 10 sats per minute some days you might even earn a lot more than that so that it's kind of like a fun rewards mechanism it's also great for onboarding new users because you know a lot of our users have never experienced bitcoin before and then they download fountain which is a podcast app fundamentally and you know for them to have to go and you know discover bitcoin and then pull it into the app it can be very off-putting and so the earning rewards are also a way for users to kind of build up a small amount of sats and send their first first boost to a podcaster essentially for free um so yeah they're they're the kind of two ways that the money flows on fountain yeah and what what we've kind of done um with with our kind of uh fountain journey uh and my i've, I've leveraged my friendship with uh with sam with lightning store i think you know him uh, and, well, I think uh, yeah. you guys coincide a lot on the he's on the Wavelake side. You're on the Fountain side, so you're in the audio lightning formats. Um, yeah, w- we've kind of done what. Uh, so what what we've done is uh, uh, he surprised us with uh, t-shirts, and those those t-shirts, the sales, the the actual funds uh, went to fund uh, the Plug Chain Radio Show, and I took all of those funds, and I, I would just break it up, and let's say a hundred dollars. And I would actually uh, pay for boost or uh, uh, boost our show on Fountain. So eighty dollars would go back to the plebs that were listening, whoever would want to do that. Twenty dollars would support you guys. Um, and then what would happen from there is is that that the the funds that would the sats that would go back to plebs. Number one, they're they're understanding what Noster is. Um, they're understanding what uh, Bitcoin Lightning is. Um, but they're also getting sats at the same time. Um, and my my goal or our goal is to kind of bring that back around to where, you know, maybe they join Noster. Maybe they take those sats that uh, came from T-shirts, then went to the fountain, then from fountain went to plebs, then from plebs went to Noster, and then bring those sats right back in the form of zaps. So you create this big wheel, and we call it the pleb wheel kind of, and it's kind of self-sufficient. Um, the same plebs that are buying these T-shirts are funding you. They're funding themselves. Uh, and it creates this giant circular economy where we just grow in exposure and we're all just kind of scratching each other's backs. Um, and I think it's a really neat approach. Um, and it and it's only works because of value for value. Um, and, you know, I think it's very important, like you're mentioning, the streaming back. Uh, it's not about stacking sats when you're listening. What what really is going to drive the adoption, the culture to adoption, to um, is is really just the use of lightning, the the way we support each other, the circular economy, just kind of growing that out. Uh, it's been a really fun experiment, and uh, it's it's all because of you. It's all because of Sam. It's all because of all the clubs that listen. Uh, we all contribute in our own way. QW, I'll add one quick yeah. thing, one more thing to reinforce the pleb wheel, right? Which is we talk about Sam and the Lightning Store. We boost the show, which means more people hear us talking about Sam and the Lightning Store and the T-shirts, right? So Sam gets the advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, and, uh, you know, you might buy another the T-shirt for that free shipping or something while you're there, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And that feeds, exactly. And then those funds go back into promoting the show. So that is, it is a true flywheel in that sense. 
Yeah, for sure. I love the idea of the pleb wheel. That's so good. I think one of the things as well is um, the experience of sending your first boost on Fountain is amazing. It feels really good. It feels really good to be able to reach out to the host of the show uh, with a question or a comment or just, you know, a message of thanks, but also do that with a payment. Because when you attach a payment to a message, it has more meaning and you feel like it's more likely that that message is going to reach the destination. Because when you leave a comment on, you know, YouTube or, or anything like that, let's be honest, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Um, so it's a really powerful experience. And that's why I think the more opportunities that we can give through the product to allow users to send their first boost for free, even if it's not um even if it's not a big boost then it, that's going to be really powerful also i think it's just such a great onboarding experience for bitcoin and specifically lightning you know whether we like it or not there are a large number of people out there that still just do not care about bitcoin um but if we can show them you know a a magical experience or a you know novel experience that they wouldn't be able to do uh, with the fiat payment rails, like streaming money, for example, then they almost don't have to, they, they don't even have to be aware that they've been onboarded to Bitcoin. They just have been, and they're just using it every day to support content creators. And then, you know, then they'll become comfortable with it. And over time, you know, they'll learn more about it. And so I just think it's such a great onboarding tool for Bitcoin. And we've seen so many of our users, um, you know, purchase their first Bitcoin to top up their fountain wallet, which I'm really excited about. Oscar, uh, one question on the, the sats that uh, the listeners receive, right? Where do they, those sats come from? Yeah, great question. So they come from three sources, basically. The first is we have a premium subscription for our users, which just uses the traditional, um, you know, in-app purchase subscription. One of the reasons we did that is to make sure that, you know, to cover our backs against Apple rejecting us from the app stores, which is always a risk. I mean, you've seen that happen with, uh, with Damas. Um, so, yeah, our premium subscription is $2.99 a month and you get access to additional features like... Um, playlists, you get reduced transaction fees and a few other premium features as well. So part of that premium subscription goes back in the, into the daily rewards. The second um, kind of funding source is our transaction fees. So if you're a non-premium user on Fountain, we charge a 4% transaction fee. And if you're a premium user, uh, it drops to 1%. And then on the podcaster side, we also offer a podcaster wallet for you know, uh, creators that, that don't want to have to run their own node. And we also charge the podcasters 4% on the on the incoming side. Um, so yeah, our transaction fees fund, they go back into the daily rewards. And then the third step is the one that you already mentioned, which is the 20% uh, fee for the uh, podcast promotions. We put those back into the daily rewards as well. And presumably the economics work out, right? You, you don't give away more sats than are coming in from these three sources. Uh, Oscar's homeless, Avi. He's actually in his car right now. <laughs> yeah, I've only got a month left of doing this, guys. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it, it works out pretty well because one of the things, especially with the uh, promotions, 
is that they're actually very um, economical for podcasters if you compare them to the other mechanisms of podcast advertising. And this is another you know, huge area that Lightning is, I think, going to disrupt. It's because digital advertising, the way it works on most platforms is there's a big funnel and you have to go through the funnel to actually get to the activation action that you want as an advertiser. So for example, if you're a podcaster and you are advertising your podcast on uh, you know, Twitter, um, the first step in that advertising funnel is an impression on Twitter. The second step in that advertising funnel is a click on the advertisement. The third step in that funnel is the kind of choice to view the podcast in a podcast player, which, you know, is essentially another click. And then the fourth action in the funnel is to actually choose to listen to the podcast. So you can imagine the drop off through all of those um, steps and what you're actually paying for, what you're paying Twitter for is the impression. Whereas on Fountain, the way the promotions work is impressions are free. You're only actually paying when somebody listens to your podcast in the podcast app so we've seen podcasters have great success with that and yeah you know the cost per listen for uh, the fountain promotions is very low what i love about when you say you're paying um i love the fact that 80 percent of it's going to the plebs listening <laughs> i mean you're really just donating it to them in a way um and, and that feels powerful to me as the as, as someone that's uh, promoting my own show, uh, 80, uh, 20% is going to you, the platform, uh, but you know, 80% is going to the people listening. I, I just think that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've just scratched the surface in terms of what can be done here. I mean, the promotions on Fountain are very much a V1 and we've got a lot to do, but we've kind of, we've taken a pause on developing them further just because we've got a lot of exciting updates coming to, to kind of like the main app and the main listener experience. But yeah, there's so much more that can be done here. Yeah. And Fountain's come a long way. I mean, I've been uh, using Fountain for over a year now and there's been, there's been times where some clunky stuff happened or you weren't earning stats on something or, you know, just, just random stuff. Uh, but you guys are so fresh. I mean, it, it's just like when we're in Noster, you know, things break and you fix it. Uh, it's kind of exciting to be on the on the you know that we're so early stage. Um, talk about kind of some of the challenges and maybe some success stories uh, that you've you've come across in your, your your what two years of doing this. Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely been uh, a challenge at, at times. We're a very small team. Uh, it's just myself and one other developer working on the app. Um, so yeah, it's it's been tough, and sometimes you know, we haven't quite delivered on the kind of, uh, you know, reliability of certain features. I think what's really tough about doing what we're doing is we're essentially building three different apps all in one. So we're building a podcast app, we're building a payments app, and we're also building a social app with social features. So the balance between all of those three things is sometimes very challenging for example you know when people switch to a new podcast app they have a lot of expectations whether that's 
fine-grained controls on the library filters, auto-download settings, sleep timer, um, you know, search, CarPlay integration, Android Auto, you know, all of these things that you have to get right as a podcast app. Um, and obviously, you know, we think we've done a good job on that. Uh, we're kind of like finally at a place where we think it's it's relatively decent, but there's still so much to do. And then also at the same time, you know, we're really excited about the the payments features and the social features and the discovery features. So it is tough trying to balance all of that. Um, and yeah, sometimes we've probably leaned too much on on one of those areas rather than focusing on the basic basics of the listener experience. But you know, what I would say to anyone listening who's either tried Fountain or is a Fountain user, just please do get in contact with us because we note down absolutely every piece of feedback that we receive. And, you know, we have a big, um, you know, tracker and we do prioritize it based on the number of requests and we're getting through it. But yeah, uh, glad to hear that you say you've noticed a difference over the past year. And we've got some really, really cool updates coming um, in the next couple of months. That I think people will really love. And just to, just to add, uh, I I pay the monthly, but what I what what I what I love about it is I clip it. I can clip, uh, you know, clip it from uh, let's say our show. I can clip the quotes with the uh, with the text going. Uh, it's very easy to just kind of post a clip. Uh, that's one thing that's pretty neat about the social aspect in the in the fountain. Um, but that's that, that's my experience um, with those with those challenges. And I mean, you're you're t- you say you're two your team is two members. Um, just like we leverage Lightning Store, we might leverage uh, Fountain App, we might leverage Noster. Uh, is there certain uh, plebs uh, or uh, you know partnerships you've leveraged in this uh, last two years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no way that we could have got to where we are uh, just just us. Um, I think you know working with the wider podcasting 2.0 community has been amazing. Obviously, Adam and Dave. You know, we're very much building off of the back of their vision and 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 their kind of dedication to the mission of podcasting 2.0 that I talked about earlier. Um, and also, that's really nice because there's a wider community of you know other uh, developers that we can talk to and bounce ideas around. Um, I would also say, you know, uh, Tim from LNPay, um, who you know basically powered our uh, lightning infrastructure for a long time before we switched to using uh, Zebedee um, at the end of last year, you know, was instrumental in in kind of getting Fountain off the ground and helping us with uh, some of the payment stuff. Because, you know, ultimately, as, as I said, like we need to absolutely nail the uh, podcast listening experience. And so, you know, having someone to to help out on the kind of intricacies of you know, uh, liquidity and all of that it has been really helpful too. Um, so yeah, there's so many people. And I think also just, uh, yeah, as you said, a big shout out to all of our early users and listeners who stuck with us uh, as we kind of, you know, got up to feature parity with the other podcast apps. And what sort of growth uh, have you been seeing over the last few months of the last year? in terms of user base, number of downloads, or whatever KPIs or metrics you use to track growth? Yeah, we've been seeing um, really good growth. Um, uh, we're kind of, you know, 
way past double what we were at the end of last year. Um, also, I think the most exciting thing we're seeing is mainstream podcasters outside of the Bitcoin space starting to use Fountain and build community on the app. Because it's one thing for, you know, the popular Bitcoin podcasts and their audience to be using Fountain and sending boosts. Um, but when you start to see podcasts and podcasters that have nothing to do with Bitcoin using Fountain, their audience using Fountain, using Bitcoin every day and, and kind of not even thinking about it. I think that's the main um, that's the main thing we're looking for because we don't just want to serve um, the Bitcoin community. We want to serve everybody that loves podcasts and we just think Bitcoin is the best tool to enable that because it's an open payment system that can work between different hosting providers and between different apps. Um, so yeah, that's the thing that we look for in terms of growth. I would say in terms of the challenges there, the biggest one for us is still the onboarding. Um, so again, going back to that new user flow, uh, somebody that's never owned Bitcoin before, um, it's still very difficult for them to, to navigate that and you know get sats into their fountain wallet. I mean, we do have a partnership with MoonPay that allows you to uh, top up your fountain wallet with a bank card, but you still have to go through uh, a kind of like like KYC flow, which is pretty crazy. If you think about you want to download a podcast app uh, and top up your wallet to send $5 to your favorite show, like you shouldn't have to KYC to do that. So the onboarding is still a real challenge when you compare uh, what we're doing to, you know, to, to the real mainstream. And the very interesting parallels in what you said, Oscar, to uh, you know how fountain you're trying to draw in people right uh, from all walks of life and then they see bitcoin and and they get uh, orange build potentially uh and so there's some parallels there with nostra as well right you you it, it, it mm -hmm. is a free speech protocol and and if there's good content people will come and then they see they see lightning and they see zaps and they get orange pulled as well. So with that said, what was your Nostra story? How did you discover Nostra? Uh, and how have you been using it uh, for Fountain or personally so far? Yeah, so I can't remember when I first discovered Nostra, but it was quite early because one of the goals of Podcasting 2.0 has always been cross app uh, comments because, you know, as I said, podcasting as an industry is unique in that it's highly, highly fragmented. So there's no one uh, player that has more than a 30% market share. And, you know, content creators love community. They love building a community. Um, but if you have, you know, individual commenting systems that exist for every single podcast app, then the conversation between those that community is is broken and we've seen this even companies with the resources um at the scale of spotify have struggled to um you know integrate a comment system and the reason being is that if you are a podcaster why would you have your community interacting in a place where only 30 percent of them can access it only the 30 percent that can use spotify so this has been, you know, a unique problem in the podcasting space because it's fragmented. And so for a long time within the podcasting 2.0 community, there's been a discussion around cross app comments. 
and how do we enable cross-app comments? And we've experimented right from the beginning with how to do this. So, you know, we looked at ActivityPub about two years ago, um, you know, experimented with it, but ActivityPub, you know, was just very complex and it also wasn't flexible enough for us to integrate the boost messages as well, because we think that, that as I said before, having money attached to a message makes it more meaningful. Um, so we looked at activity pub. We also, um, I mean, what we're doing now in the current version of fountain is we're just, you know, piggybacking on the key send transactions to send and receive messages. So in fountain, you can actually, we will actually create a comment from sent from another podcasting 2.0 app and, and display it underneath the episode page. And we do that just by, you know, reading the message in the keys and payment TLV. But you know, that's not really a great solution. It doesn't allow cross app replies. And so when I first came across Nosta, I was definitely like, okay, this looks like a great candidate for us to actually fulfill that that vision um, of cross app podcast comments. Um, we, we're still not quite there with it. But we are actually working on a full Nosta integration whereby you'll be able to link you'll be able to link your Nostra account in fountain send a boost from fountain and then anyone will be able to reply to that boost uh, from any Nostra client also importantly with the uh, the web clients this will mean that for podcast hosting companies um, they'll be able to easily kind of you know pull in the the comments from fountain so yeah i am personally convinced that um nosta is the answer to the the kind of social layer of the podcasting industry um we're definitely moving ahead in that direction and should have some stuff to share really really soon on it um but i think for me the the biggest challenge is not to actually implement it just in fountain because we can do that easily we are going to do that should be available soon but the biggest challenge for me is convincing the podcasting industry to adopt nosta because i think it's a missing piece for the industry in terms of yeah community engagement interaction and also just allowing the signal of what content is worth listening to to travel between all of the different players as an example you know before i built fountain i used overcast that was my podcast app and, you know, there's plenty of people that are still out there that use Overcast. We hope they switch to Fountain, but, you know, it is what it is. It would be amazing if somebody could leave a comment on Overcast and we could capture that signal, sentiment, value, potentially, uh, and use that to surface content in Fountain. You know, we can do that with... Um, lightning payments right now and we are doing that because we can see which episodes are trending on other apps thanks to the open payment system but really we want to have an open communication system as well and merge the two so yeah i'm incredibly bullish on nosta and i think podcasting specifically is a use case for nosta that is just absolutely perfect because of the fragmented nature of the industry well, that's a, that's incredible, uh, Oscar. I actually never thought about it in those terms. And if you can pull that off, right, get other podcasting apps to 
use Nostra as that communications layer, you will manage to onboard so many new users onto Nostra, like yeah. far more. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's remarkable. Exactly, and the cool thing about it as well is, if we can do this right, and you know, it, as I said, it's less about Fountain; it's more about how we showcase Nostra in Fountain and then convince the other apps to do it. But you know, all of the podcast listeners on these apps, they won't even necessarily need to know that they're using Nostra. They'll just be like, oh, cool. Like all of a sudden, you know, my friend that uses a different app, I can see what they're saying about podcasts in my app. That's really cool. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, you know, a couple of months back or maybe three months back, the App Store banned zaps on damas whatever that means whatever it means to ban zaps uh because there are obviously people have found a way i think within a couple of days uh to work around that but having said that you know the app store made it very clear that uh zaps went against that policy was that something that concerned you when that happened that it might affect the sat streaming on the iphone fountain app yeah, it was definitely very concerning. And uh, this has been one of the biggest concerns uh, since we first started Fountain around the App Store approval. Um, I think there's a couple of things here and it's a very nuanced, um, you know, delineation between what we're doing and what the other Nostra clients are doing. I would think, I, I would say first off, I think one thing that um, is an advantage for us is that we do use Apple's in-app subscription payment system for our premium subscriptions. So we have, you know, a lot of premium subscribers that are not only paying us a monthly fee, but also paying Apple their 30% tax. So, you know, it's not a great system, but for Apple to kind of kick us off, they'd be kicking us out of, they'd be kicking themselves out of their own revenue. So I think the fact that we have the premium subscription and we have lightning take some of the attention away from the lightning piece, because ultimately, you know, you, it, it's very dependent on which app store reviewer you actually get. That's, that's one piece that I think is slightly different as compared to something uh, like Damas. I would say the second piece is also that Apple have a podcast app. And so, and Apple also have a podcast monetization uh, system that's built into, you know, Apple Podcast Connect. So they have to be a lot more careful in how they assess podcast apps because they've had a lot of antitrust issues over the past few years. And I think that on some level, they would be more hesitant to be seen as blocking a open podcast monetization uh, system when they have their own proprietary podcast monetization system. Like that is a classic antitrust kind of issue. Um, so I'd say those two things have kind of worked in our advantage, but I also have to be honest that, you know, we could, I would not be surprised if, if that, if that same rejection email came one day and we'd have to, you know, figure out where we go from there. But I think I do think ultimately, Apple are 
going to lose this battle because it's just nonsensical that they should be able to just tax every single payment that you make on your phone. Like a phone is not a, um, a phone is a necessity. It's like a utility. And for them to just tax 30% of every uh, digital payment, especially as more of the world moves into the digital uh, realm, it's just ridiculous. And I think, you know, your average person on the street knows that I think politicians more and more are understanding that, you know, so I do think eventually Apple will have to, you know, stop pushing people so hard. Well, that is a good point because they don't tax PayPal transfers on the, on the iPhone, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, and in the case of Nostra, it's even more ridiculous because you can, you know, a zap is, is just an event and you can do the exact same event on the, uh, on the exact same protocol on your very device, just not on Dharma's. You could do it uh, on some other uh, app or, you know, some PWA, which you've downloaded on your iPhone. Yeah. And in any event, in any event, there is a workaround with Nostra script. Uh, for the for those zaps is for, for Dharma's zaps as well. Yeah, and you can listen to Fountain. Uh, uh, can you listen to Fountain through the web? I don't think you can. So we do have a basic web interface where you can listen to episodes. Um, and we actually just launched um, at the end of last month the ability to boost any episode just with a Bolt 11 invoice. So you can boost an episode uh, without a fountain account, just with a Bolt 11 invoice. Um, but we, and so, yeah, you can listen to episodes at a basic level, but we don't have the kind of like fully featured player with, uh, you know, um, all of the, all of the other functions. Yeah. So there, there's always going to be a way and if, if, if that, uh, yeah. ever, you know, if they ever crack down, um, you know, and the more friction you get with all this crap, it just seems like there's just going to be another opportunity for someone to bring out a freedom phone uh in one way or another uh but uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll see you got they got to be careful with uh cracking down too much <laughs> um so you you mentioned the bolt 11 update any other updates you want to talk about um whether it's fountain noster anything yeah so i guess the the biggest update that is coming soon is we've actually been working over the past two months to kind of redesign fountain um from the ground up um up until now we we haven't really you know had a designer it's just been us kind of figuring things out so the the apps being redesigned from scratch uh, a lot of the pages uh just feel a lot cleaner in terms of spacing hierarchy font sizes and, and ux generally so we're really excited about that. Um, we're also going to launch our Nostra integration, as I talked about previously, whereby essentially all of the boosts and comments and replies in Fountain will be Nostra notes and, and you get all of the benefits of that, um, including the discovery of the episodes, which I'm most excited about. Because it's crazy. We I see this all the time. I'll look at my Fountain feed I'll see someone who sent a boost to an episode with a comment saying, this was a great episode, you know, really enjoyed this part. And then I'll go to Damas and I'll see them saying the exact same thing as a Nostra note. And, you know, that's crazy that um, because there is no, uh, because these apps can't talk to each other, that you have to essentially take that action twice. 
And then maybe you go and do the same thing on Twitter and then maybe go and do the same thing somewhere else, you know? And I think if we can, um, the further that we can spread the signal of what episodes are worth listening to, the better for Fountain and for the podcasters that are using Fountain. So yeah, the NOSTA integration, we're really, really excited about. Obviously, we, we want to get it right and we want to make sure that the way that we kind of um, do this uh, works for the wider podcast industry as well. So we're being uh, as careful as we can with that. Um, so yeah, the NOSTA stuff. And then the other thing that is coming as part of this kind of like Fountain 1.0 is um, just a, a kind of better way to discover clips because right now the clips on Fountain are kind of intermingled in the home feed and it's a little bit of an odd user experience because you're you're kind of browsing comments but then there's a clip and that interrupts your um listening experience so the clip generally the clipping experience on fountain is going to become much smoother we've got a new clipping tool we've got a new kind of clip player um, and just the features around clips are, are much um more expanded so yeah fountain 1.0 we're hoping it will be out um uh, early november and yeah, I would really appreciate anyone listening. If you have any feedback about the app, anything that you want to see um, get added to Fountain or anything you don't like about the interface, I would love to hear your feedback before we uh, kind of launch Fountain 1.0 because we, we want to try and get that in. What would be the best way to uh, to receive that feedback? Uh, should they tag you on, on Nostra, Twitter, email? Calendar invite. Yeah, so... Yeah, either of those are good, to be honest. Yeah, uh, you can uh, tag me on Nosta, tag me on Twitter, um, or send me an email. We also have a feedback tool in the actual Fountain app that lets you take a screenshot. So if it's something specific to the way the UI works or anything like that, you can you can take a screenshot and send that through, and that will come through via email as well. And just to just to plug, because you're 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 building Fountain. Uh, you mentioned you're just kind of redoing it from the ground up. I just want to plug this uh, platform we're on now, uh, Noster Nest. Uh, Derek Ross just recently uh, uh, did launch the. Uh, I guess it's be the was it the bounties, Avi? It wasn't Geyser, uh, but we're basically yeah. doing it as a bounty. Yeah, that's right. So we're we're trying to rebuild a Noster Nest from the ground up because I feel like this is a big on ramp, just like Fountain, just like a lot of these uh, things we talk about. Um, <laughs> Derek just changes his uh, PFP; he wants you to see him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think you know it's important that we we leverage all of our tools uh, to get more and more people uh, to Noster, and you know, just like. Noster is kind of a hotbed for Fountain too, so it's it's something where we we look at it and it's it, it's all part of that giant pleb wheel. But we do need help uh, with the, the the coding and the development of uh, Noster Nest from the ground up because we do want to make it Noster native. Um, we want to make it to where uh, it, it's just interoperable, um, just like everything else, where you're jumping around, and you don't even really realize you 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 left you know whatever website it is, you never really left ne- left Noster. So um, I will put that in the show notes as well. We want to make Nostra the Hotel California. KW sounded a bit like that. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you just can never leave Nostra, no matter where you go. You don't even know. <laughs> Oscar's going to be a big part of that. 
Well, Oscar, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to speak with us uh, and, and enlightening us in the, on the world of podcasting 2.0. I think I learned a lot from this conversation. Um, I'm sure QW would agree with that. So appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. And yeah, really enjoy the conversation. And hopefully we can do it again soon. And uh, just to, to close, Oscar, you joined uh, June 12th of 2022 on Noster. So you were about six months before the the great Jack Hatchening. So uh, really appreciate your, uh, your, your, your support in Noster um, well before uh, it was known. So um, kudos to that. <laughs> oh, that must have been that must have been luck. But yeah, as I say, it's you know for podcasting, um, I can really see you know for podcasting needs Nosta. You know Nosta, I think will be the social layer for podcasting, and you know it, it's not just going to be Fountain doing this. It will be hosting companies, podcast analytics companies. Uh, podcast advertising companies, other podcast apps. I just think it's such a perfect fit. What a beautiful end. Thank you so much. Uh, you, you made my birthday special, Oscar. <laughs> and thank you to all the plebs in the live audience and those of you listening to the recording on Fountain. One would help.